How's everybody doing? Okay. All right. Okay. So I just want to say a lot of times when you hear somebody speak, you may not know their whole story, but um, it may seem to you that a lot of times when you hear somebody up here, you say, well, that's easy for you to say. You don't know what my life is like. So I want to say to you all this morning, this day for me is a very special anniversary. One year ago today, I was in Orlando waiting to see a specialist to endure a sixth abdominal surgery. I had spent the majority of 2015 in bed. One of the verses I uh, clung to during that time was Psalm 149.5. And it said, let the, let the saints rejoice and sing for joy on their beds. And so Jesus handed me that little verse as a gift. And I hung on to it for months and months in that bed. So you're right. I don't know every one of your stories. I want to. I would love to. But I also know that from personal experience, it is possible to have joy no matter what is going on in your life. And that's what we're going to talk about today. I don't know if you've noticed it, but living in our world, everybody has a bad experience that they could tell you about everything. Like if you say I'm pregnant, they're like, oh my gosh, I had the worst delivery. And they start, and they're like, hold on, I've got a slideshow. And they, you know, like put up a screen and they start to, and this was hour 37. And see, I was, the baby wasn't crowning yet. And you're like, what is happening? So, or then you, somebody says, oh, I just got engaged. And someone's like, oh, my gosh, when I was engaged, our, we were, I was completely stressed out the entire time. It was the worst experience of my life. And my wedding planner was the worst. And they didn't play the right song for us to dance. I mean, do you, does that happen to anybody else? Or you say, um, for me, I have three girls. I have a middle schooler, a high schooler, and a college uh, student. And every time I say that, people go, oh, my gosh, that must be horrible. And I'm kind of like, is something wrong with me? Because I'm having a pretty good time. Or the terrible twos. Oh, the terrible twos. Those are the worst. And every time, so there's like these people, and I don't even know if we mean to do it, but it's like we suck the fun out of every phase of life for another person. You can't be engaged, getting married, First years of marriage are the worst. Oh, my gosh. The first, the first decade. Oh, the second decade. That was just horrible. Preschool's the worst. Elementary school's the worst. Middle school's the worst. High school. Oh, my gosh. When they're adults, just wait. Just wait till they're adults. You are really got... Am I, are, am I, am I right? Mm-hmm. And it just, like, gets on my nerves. So everywhere I go, there's these people. I feel so tall. I'm wearing boots today that make me literally 6'1". So you're welcome. Because I'm not, I don't tower over everybody enough. So I want to feel more powerful. So I can pat everybody on the head after the meeting. So anyway, um, I have caught myself doing that sometimes. And I remember when the girls were little, and I did have a 2-year-old and a 3-year-old. And somebody was saying to me, oh, the terrible twos. And I said, we, in our house, we call them the terrific twos. And somebody else said, oh, the whatever threes. And I said, we call them the thrilling threes. And we call them the fantastic fours and the fun fives. And, like, I do this. I went through the whole thing. I, and I kind of said, and I want to say this to you guys. 
If you speak those words over your children and over those times in your life, don't be surprised if it does, if it's crummy. And if you decide, if you pre-decide that Christmas is going to stink, hey, guess what? You may be surprised to know that Christmas is going to stink. So we're going to talk about that because we all enter into things predisposed in one way or another to have a certain kind of attitude in one way or another. So um, I want to start with a verse that I love, Psalm 126, verse 7. And it says, the Lord has done great things for us, and we are filled with joy. And Sarah touched on this um, when she talked about that we can't base our joy on things that are circumstantial. Because our circumstances change almost continuously. And especially when you're in the thick of it parenting, Every child, as soon as you figure out everybody's sleep schedules or everybody what they like to eat, then they change a little bit and things change different. I mean, the schedule gets thrown off or you travel and the schedule's off. All those different things. And so if we base our, our happiness and our peace and our contentment on our circumstances, we are, it is true, we will be disappointed. So what we have to do is decide going in, that we understand that joy and happiness are two very different emotions. Happiness is very circumstantial. It's, oh, it's sunny today. I'm happy. Okay, that's happiness. Or my child got 100 on their test. I'm so happy about that. Joy is Christ. Joy is unchanging. Joy is at the root of what we say we believe when we say we believe in Jesus. So those are two very different things. So let's start at the beginning. When we enter into Christmas, the first thing I want to remind us of, and I know this sounds counterintuitive, because of course we're going to think about Jesus, but really, we're really thinking more about all the details that go into Christmas. So the first thing is don't forget about Jesus. He's the one that said, I came that they might have life and have it to the full. In one of the versions it says, I came so that they can have real and eternal life, more and better life than they ever dreamed of. Isn't that beautiful? That's Jesus' heart for us as his daughters. And that's how we need to enter into the Christmas season. The other thing is, uh, next on the list is asking your husband, what does he love about Christmas? You know, my husband and I grew up very differently. Um, He had probably 40 or 50 people that would all come together for Christmas and it was loud and everyone stayed forever and kids just found a corner to fall asleep in when they got tired. And there was no, I mean, it was, and it was fun. Like they lived, it was out, like it was rural and they just all hung out and they'd stay all night and everybody would stay up playing games and all that. Well, we, I grew up with a smaller size family and it was very quiet and we'd all eat, and my mother would make most of the food because nobody else really knew how to cook on that side. Thank God she cooked well. And, um, like, one person would always bring the weird jello thing. You know what I'm talking about. Like, with the shredded carrots in it. Who looked at that and said, you know, that says Christmas to me. You know what I could go for is a cup of hot chocolate and jello with carrots in it. Anyway, 
So we would get together and we'd have this very subdued um, meal and everyone would sit around and my uncle Bill every year would say, every single year, I normally don't eat like this. And, you know, he had this, like, huge belly. It was so funny. I was like, okay, Uncle Bill. And so that would be, like, the extent of the excitement. And then we would do a very boring gift exchange. I would get the crappy um, combination birthday slash Christmas gift because my birthday is on New Year's Eve. I'm not bitter at all about it. It's totally fine. But wait, it gets worse because my cousin's birthday was the same day as mine. So we would get the double whammy. We'd get the combination Christmas birthday gift, and we'd have to share a birthday cake. (laughs) I don't know how I made it through. I'm just going to be honest. So that was like the way I grew up. So, And then we'd do this exchange, and then it'd be like, well, I guess it's time to go, and then they'd just leave, and it'd be like two hours had passed. That, that, that was it. So Matt grew up with all this, you know, high energy and noise and excitement and craziness, and I grew up with this very structured thing. And um, as an aside, every year my mother would make way too many sides, and every year she would forget one of the sides. Did you guys have that happen at your house? Like, you'd be done, and your mom would go, oh, the cranberries! And she'd come out, and you'd, like, be finishing up pecan pie, and she'd be like, come on, you got it. And, like, she'd be forcing all of us to eat cranberries. But um, so we grew up so differently. So when we first got married, we had to kind of, you know, worlds were colliding there. We had to figure out what Christmas looked like for him and what Christmas looked like for me and how to make it fun for him. And especially when kids came into the picture so soon for us, we... um, it's very easy to make Christmas completely about your children and forget that you have a spouse. And so when I was preparing for this talk, I talked to Matt one night. We were just, and I was asking him questions about what he remembered about Christmas. And it was interesting. I've known him for 25 years. We've been married for 21 and a half years. And I learned a ton. I learned that some of his best memories weren't even related to Christmas morning. It was all of the stuff that he used to do with his mother who directed pageants at his church. And he remembers setting up for those things and being a part of that and all of the goings-on, getting ready, decorating the church and all that kind of stuff. So I would talk to your husbands and ask them, what, what makes it special for you? What do you love? What's fun for you? And, and take note of that. It means something to them when we do that. And then, I've talked about this in the past, but make a, make a schedule for the season. Make a plan and stick with it. So everybody knows that it gets busier. There are more events, and Sarah touched on this too. But what we have to decide is, as a couple, what can we do well as a family? And I've said this in the past, but when you go to a Christmas party, you reach this point where you're like, wow, I thought my kids were going to totally lose it by now, but they're doing great. So I'm going to go ahead and let them keep playing. I'm going to wait till one of them hits somebody on the head with a Tonka truck because things are going so well right now, right? So then it's then we, we're leaving the Christmas party while we're dragging our kids out and they're like clawing the carpeting as they're leaving and they're screaming. And So what I would recommend to you is 
tell your kids before you go in, this is how long we're staying. Then you have to keep your word. And you have to say, all right, we're going now. And you have to keep your word because you told your husband that's how long you'd be staying. My husband is a social animal. He loves parties. He loves people. He would stay forever. But some of you, it's not that way. Your husbands, it's hard for them. So you need to be respectful of that. And if they are, you know, struggling and you said, we're going to leave at 9, then you need to make the loop and tell your children, we're leaving in 10 minutes. We're leaving in 5 minutes. And then you need to be true to that word. It's very important. That way everybody gets to bed at a good time. Mom and dad are calm (laughs) and it's peaceful and it's just a way better way to do Christmas parties together. Um, Then talk about those parties, what that means. Do not enter into any kind of extra obligations without talking with each other because a lot of times I've jumped into things and not realized that we had other obligations or vice versa and it creates all this stress and tension and like Sarah said sometimes if you do that without communicating well you um, have to back out on somebody Um, and then that leaves them in a bad position so we at the beginning of December we sit down and we look at the entire month and then we do week by week every week and we talk through the details of what has to happen so I would encourage you to do that it's very helpful not only at Christmas time but all the time because it eliminates a lot of confusion about who's going where and whose schedule and all that kind of stuff, okay? Then pre-decide to be content. And what that means is that we live in a world that the day you get the new iPhone, a new iPhone comes out. Um, You know, last year I, like, did all this stuff. I decked the crap out of my halls last year. I, there was so much decking the halls, it was unbelievable how decked they were. And then this year, all of a sudden, plaid is really in, and I'm like, oh, well, I just love plaid now. I think I need to do plaid. Do you see what I'm saying? Do you see what I'm saying? So I'm like, all of a sudden, the wheels are turning. I need to change some of this, and I need it to be plaid now. Am I nuts or what? Stop it. Stop it. Get out your ornaments that you just got. Put them up on the tree and enjoy your holiday. So pre-decide. Pre-decide. And your kids need to see that. Your kids need to see that you're just at peace and you're content with whatever happens and that it's not about the matching pajamas and the matching gift wrap and the matching... I have scars in my memory from that, from when I was little. We went through a season with my mother. It was brief. We broke her. Um... She never did that again, let me tell you that. Um, But I'm not kidding you when I say she literally made pajamas that matched our Christmas tree and our gift wrap. It was a dark time. We don't talk about it anymore. So, anyway, you just have to decide what, what is most important. And if it's, if, if, and I, and I hear this all the time. I hear us, um, jokingly say things but it's kind of the undercurrent is truth which is oh yeah and you know my kids made these cookies and I went back and I had to remake them because they just looked horrible who cares you know I I used to work at the preschool for a long time and and moms would walk in and I would immediately know when their children had dressed themselves 
There was no, you know, it was like the pajama leggings with the cowgirl boots and the tutu and stuff like that. I knew the kid, I, didn't, I knew the mother didn't do that. I knew the kid, and the moms would be behind him going, I didn't, I didn't do this. I didn't, like, who cares? She likes tutus and cowboy boots. Who cares? And like, what you look back on is that those are endearing memories. That you're going to miss the day your kid was running around in cowgirl boots and tutus. So who cares? And you're going to miss the little cookies that look like bats instead of Santa Clauses. And your kids aren't going to go, you know, I'm just, I just really cherish all the times my mother undid everything I did at Christmas. <laughs> Come on. Let the cookies look like bats. Nobody cares. All right? So then, lastly, this is a biggie. Reserve your energy when you can. And that won't just happen. You're looking at your calendars and talking with your hubby and your kids about things. And let me back up and say with kids and scheduling, you can always let your kids kind of know what's going on, but your kids need to remember this. It's very important in life. They get a voice, but not a vote. They don't decide what your schedule looks like. You decide because you're the parent. So reserve your energy and your kids will thank you. Block out times where it will be easy to fill it up. So before your calendar even gets filled up, look at that strategically and say, you know, this weekend I know we have these obligations and there's a lot of them. So maybe Friday night what we need to do is decide this is a stay-at-home pajama pizza night at home with all just us. And we need to just save that date. And then your kids know that's coming and you guys know that somewhere in that calendar there's rest. Um, and it's helpful to remember that when you're building your schedule, when you're doing all these things, that many times we run around as if somebody is, like, forcing us to do these things. And we do it to ourselves. We create the chaos. So I'm just going to encourage you to remember what Christ's word says, which is the Lord has done great things for you ladies. And because of what he's done for you, be filled with joy this season right now that this holiday will be joyful regardless of the circumstances regardless of what is or isn't under your tree regardless of anything else that's going on that you my friends and my sisters and daughters of the most high god will be filled with his joy this holiday season i love you